Is there a supernatural dimension? A world beyond the one we know? Is there life after death? Do angels exist? Can our dreams contain messages from heaven? Can we tap into ancient secrets of the supernatural? Are healing miracles real? Sid Roth has spent over 35 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. Hello, welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. Just breathe in the rarefied air of heaven. I prophesy to you, you will, you will hear God's voice. You will, you will hear God's voice. You will be normal. Normal is defined by the Bible because my guest has been called by God to mentor you in hearing God's voice. You know, as my guest travels around the country and he asks people to raise their hands, how many people hear God's voice on a regular basis? Uh, what percentage would you say do not? Over 90%. Uh, doesn't matter what denomination, where I'm speaking, over 90% cannot say that they hear God on a regular basis. So you're, you're in a Baptist Bible college. You go to schools of theology some seven years. How many classes did you have on hearing God's voice? Never had one class on hearing God's voice. There was one teacher that spoke on how there are only four passages in the Bible that talk about God speaking and how they're all misunderstood and misinterpreted, that anybody who says that God spoke to them needs professional help. He happened to be a psychology professor. And, um, <laughs> you do know the number one profession for suicides in America. But let me ask you this. You read a book on why speaking in tongues is not for today, <laughs> And what did you do about it? Well, I, I wanted a theology about what was wrong with tongues. And so I, that's why I asked for the book. Went to my Baptist uh, pastor, and he gave me a book, and I devoured it over a weekend. But the problem was I looked up the passages, and I looked at what they really said, and I saw the weakness of this prof you know, author's arguments, became thoroughly convinced that tongues was for real against my own will, against my desire, just trying to be honest with what I read. And I said, Lord, if this is for real, would you give me the gift of tongues? And he did, right there in my Baptist college dorm room. Okay, now, that's great. In a Baptist seminary. <laughs> okay, 1996, two wonderful ministry opportunities. You're pastoring, they, they cross your path. But you don't know which is God. What do you do? Well, my pastor and uh, dear friends of ours had told me God had spoken to them, that I was supposed to stay. And I thought, well, they've got skin in the game. How do I know that they've heard God? I didn't know how to hear God's voice at that point in my life. 
And so I prayed a crazy prayer for a Baptist youth pastor. I said, God, either drop a granite stone out of the sky with it etched in it that I'm supposed to stay here. No joke, that's what I prayed. Or send I, I hope someone... it doesn't hit you in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that's not how he answered. But the second option, and you know the crazy things we do sometimes, but I said, Lord, send someone to walk up off the street that doesn't know me from Adam to tell me God told them I'm supposed to stay here. I said, if one of those two things happen, I will know that it's you. I'll never look back, and I will stay. And sure enough, after a four-day fast, um, I had told uh, our church leadership that I was resigning effective one year from now, uh, that I was going to use that year to run the ministry but raise support. And I got a call from the receptionist. Uh, that was on Thursday that my fast ended. On Monday morning, I get a call from the receptionist. He said, there's a guy out here who wants to speak to a pastor. So I came out into the lobby. There was a guy with a long beard, long hair, dirty hands, missing half his teeth, old beat-up pickup truck outside. And I uh, introduced himself, told me just a little bit about his ministry and said God had told him to come in here and speak to a pastor. I said, okay, how can I help you? I figured he's going to ask for money for his ministry or something. And he said, the only thing I know I'm supposed to say is this. Sometimes we feel like God wants us to go far away, like another country, that that's where he can use us, when in reality God wants us to stay right where we are, and that's where he's going to use us to make an impact. He started crying, said, I don't know why I'm saying this, but God told me today to come in here and tell this to a pastor. Brought him back to my office, and there were two other things that I had been praying about that week I had never prayed about before. And he gave me specific answers to both of those prayers. He sang a little song, walked around, kissed me on my cheek, and walked out the door. I was like, okay, this is the most unusual day of my life so far. Oh, okay, but no, but it gets better. Eight months later, this guy, this prophet, his name is Cecil, calls you. What yes. does he say? He said, God's given me a word for you. Well, the first time he had given me a business card and I called him a week later and the phone was dead. And I thought, what a strange thing. I thought maybe it was an angel, but why would he give me a card, disappear? <laughs> I didn't hear from him for eight months. And then he, he said, I've got a word from you. He came to my office. Uh, before he made it back to my office, there were two of our staff members laying prostrate in their office, and he had spoken specific words to them. I knew it was the last day on the job because our church didn't have stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I invited him, um, you know, back into my office, and he said, before I tell you what God's given me to, to give to you, we need to go to your house and pray for your wife. She's having severe back pain. I was like... How did he know that? How do you know that? And I, there was no way. I hadn't I hadn't told anyone. I'd woken up at about 2 o'clock that morning, my wife wincing in pain and uh, because sh she was pregnant and the baby was pressing on her sciatica. And, and so I said, let's go. We got in the car, drove to my house, and he prayed for my wife, turned and began to speak a word over me. And the next thing I know, I was laying on the carpet in my living room. He was overcome by the Spirit. What did God do when you were overcome by the Spirit? Began to see um, a vision right away. Um, one short side note is exactly a week before I'd had a teenager in my youth group want to share a vision that he'd had when he was slain in the Spirit. And I asked him, I said, can you show me slain in the Spirit in the Bible? He didn't come forth with any passages. And I was thinking, okay, if God was going to speak through a vision to someone, I, I wouldn't put that past God. But wouldn't he give it to me, the leader of the ministry? Not one of my teenagers. He's just a drummer in my band. 
forgive me, Lord, for my arrogance, but um, here I am exactly one week later laying on the floor having a vision. The first thing I saw was an angel at my feet. And this angel was laying a sheet over top of me. And as the angel was laying the sheet over me, Cecil said, there's an angel, there's an and angel. he's putting a mantle on you. And I thought, how does he see what I'm seeing in this vision? And then um, I saw a sword falling from the sky, end over end. And as it fell, all of a sudden it hit something that I couldn't see before, but it hit a veil and began to split the veil and tore the veil as it came all the way to the ground. And then this little, what I would now call a cherub, I didn't know what it was at the time, it was a small um, angelic being, um, poked his head through and said, come. And I went through the veil and uh, next, it was, it's interesting because it was a lot like this, it was a round platform in the middle and there was a Roman um, soldier's helmet spinning over the platform and I'm just watching it all. It was three-dimensional. It was as real as the set. And uh, then um, I, I saw a star begin to descend from above. And the closer it got to me, the more I felt this energy like pulsing through my being to the point when, the, when it got fairly close to me, I said, that's enough. I, I felt like I was going to explode. My wife had bent down to see that I was still breathing as I laid there. And I sat up and I thought, okay, my theological God box has just been exploded. And wait till you find out. He received a mantle. And we're going to have him demonstrate that in a few minutes. We'll be right back. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. If you love watching our It's Supernatural TV program, you can now watch hundreds of archive programs online, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, on your computer, your smartphone, your iPad, or your favorite tablet. In addition to archive programs, you'll be able to also watch special ministry and mentoring sessions taped at our It's Supernatural Media and Mentoring Center in Charlotte, North Carolina, with the best teachers in the various gifts of the Holy Spirit. You will also be able to enter into the presence of God through anointed worship and special soaking prayer sessions. Just log on to SidRoth.org forward slash ISN. ISN will be the vehicle to equip you to being normal, normal as defined by the Bible. You will be taught and receive impartation to walk in the supernatural of God like never before. That's SidRoth.org forward slash ISN. We now return to It's Supernatural. Not man, but God taught Richard Mull step by step how to hear God's voice, how to operate in the supernatural. For instance, you're teaching at a Baptist college retreat, and all of a sudden, what happened? Well, I had been speaking about, from the book of Acts, normal Christianity. The problem is I had never experienced any of it. <laughs> um, I was calling it extreme Christianity, but that was my spin on terms to go, this is what I believe the normal Christian life is supposed to be. And I asked, how many of you want this? And every one of them stood up. Yes. I decided to do something, again, a little normal for um, a Baptist uh, speaker and then began to lay hands on everybody as I went around the room. And one of the girls sat down and she began to pull her hair, began to rip at her shirt to the point where I thought she was going to tear her shirt. She was rocking back and forth um, and, and making a hissing sound. 
And my first thought was, where's the door? Um, I'm out of here. And, uh, but I was like brand new at hearing God's voice. And I said, God, would you show me what to do? I was still in that phase learning to hear God of, is this God? Is this me? Is this God? But I didn't have the luxury of time to figure out what is God. So I'm going to do whatever I sense the Holy Spirit leading me to do. And uh, I knew at the time to pray something about the name of Jesus. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going, is this coming from my head and my theological background or by the Holy Spirit? I'm not going to argue. I'm just going to do it. I pray something about the name of Jesus because I know there's power in the name. And prayed something about the authority and the blood of Jesus. I felt impressed to pray in tongues, which is something I had never done publicly. And, At a Baptist college. And, yeah, and, and so I began to, under my breath, kind of my hand in front of my faith, pray uh, in tongues. And then I felt com- impressed to shout freedom in Jesus' name. At that point, I was pretty sure I had picked something up watching televangelists or something. <laughs> now. But I was not going to stop. And, uh, and so I shouted freedom, freedom in, in Jesus' name. And the girl all of a sudden looked at me and very embarrassed, put her head down, covered her face, and all the torment stopped. I turned around and I began to explain to this college group what had just happened. I knew that what I was saying was not coming from myself. And I was thinking, I hope somebody takes really good notes because this is pretty amazing stuff. I really have no idea what I'm talking about. And uh, it was the beginning of the next six months. Everywhere I spoke or led worship, someone would manifest demons. Okay. There are life-threatening situations by being human. And it seems as though the closer we get to the return of Jesus, the more this late-graded planet Earth is being shaken. What happened in a life-threatening situation when your baby son died. Nathaniel was almost two years old. Um, we had been uh, strongly urged by doctors to put him on steroids and antiviral. We tried to resist but felt uh, that, that it was a pretty severe uh, encouragement by them that they would write us up for noncompliance if we didn't. So we um, allowed them to put him on steroids and antiviral. 36 hours later... I was headed back to the hospital. I pulled him off my chest, and the words that came out of my mouth were, he's gone. You can't prepare for a moment like that, but I'd been preparing for years, believing I would see the dead raised. I'd seen most of the miracles of the Bible. But I set him on that table, and I began to pray. I said, God, I don't know what to do to his body, but I know what to do spiritually. I continued to pray, and and I watched the minutes inch away, eight minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And during that time, I was answering their questions, but I was commanding Nathaniel to come back because I knew his spirit was gone. I said, Nathaniel, you listen to your daddy right now. I want you to come back here. I was rebuking the spirits of death from the room. I was repenting of every sin I'd ever thought of doing, every sin my family had ever done generationally. I was taking away every right that the enemy had to to attack my, my family and my son. And, uh, and, and at about 22 minutes, I had a vision. In the middle of that hospital room, the doctors were still working on him. You could see them looking at each other. Um, but I saw in the middle of that room a boat being tossed by the waves. And I could see Jesus on the boat. And I knew that was my promise, that the Lord was going to raise my son back up. I, I knew we had passed the barriers where brain damage begins and, and all those How things. How long had he been dead? At that point, it was about 22 minutes. Wow. It ended up 40 minutes Hmm. before they found a heartbeat and blood pressure. 
and they told us that um, he wouldn't have the strength to make it through an operation, that he needed an operation. He'd had an ulcer related to the medicine, we found out later, and uh, the ulcer had ruptured, and so he had been pouring toxins throughout his system into his bloodstream. They said he would be too weak to make it through an operation. He was gone too long, that he would be brain damaged, and uh, for people that were here this evening, they got to see him firsthand running around full of life, no brain damage, and uh, raised to, by the power of God. That's how I want you to hear God. Amen. I want you to hear God. And Richard has been raised up, and he's going to supernaturally teach you when we come back what God has taught him as to how you can hear God's voice. It is normal. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Amen. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. Reserve your place and get ready to experience Israel, the land of the supernatural with Sid and Joyce Roth. April 27th through May 6th, the flowers are in bloom and the land is calling your name. Visit the Mount of Olives, the Garden of Gethsemane, Calvary, and take communion at the Garden Tomb. Visit the Upper Room, Qumran, the home of the Dead Sea Scrolls, and receive ministry as you travel across the Sea of Galilee. If you like, you can be baptized in the Jordan River, the Jewish way, the way Jesus was baptized, and so much more. The price for this 10-day journey includes round-trip airfare from New York City, all taxes, all tips are included. Don't miss out on going with Sid Roth on this Israel tour for this special low price. Please specify the Sid Roth Israel trip when you call or visit SidRoth.org forward slash Israel. We now return to It's Supernatural. So, Richard, you're, you're counseling a pastor. He's been married 18 years. He wants out. He wants divorce. If you could not hear God's voice, he would have gotten a divorce. Do you agree? Very likely, yeah. What, what happened? It was about 11 o'clock at night, which is not my time of day, so I wanted the Lord to, to give the insight quickly and, and uh, was driving there and uh, just asked the Lord to, to reveal what the root issue was right off the bat. We kind of said our introductory hellos, and, and, uh, and as I was sitting down, I said, who's Karen? And he looked at me and he goes, I don't know. I said, anybody in your church named Karen? He said, no. I said, somebody from your past named Karen? He said, there was a girl I dated when I was 15. And then the Holy Spirit showed me. I said, I said, her picture's in your wallet. And he was like, yeah. And her phone number's on the back of the picture. And he said, yeah. I said, you had sexual relations with her when you were 15. He said, yeah. I said, you still fantasize about having a relationship with her if something happens to her, your, her marriage? And you're out of your marriage? And he was like, yeah. I said, you've had an ungodly soul tie for 36 years that you need to break or you're going to be miserable out of your marriage and out of your ministry. I said, are you ready to break that? And it took him 15 minutes to be willing to do that. And uh, I, I almost told him, I'm done. There's nothing I can do for you if you're going to hold on to that. When he said, no, I know I need to do this. And he repented of that ungodly soul tie, renounced it, and God saved his marriage, saved his ministry, and, uh, and a denominational pastor has healing and deliverance in his church now. You see what, it, what happens when you can hear a voice, the voice of God? He knows everything. 
I'm, what are some of the hindrances you found to hearing the voice of God? Uh, one of the hindrances is often all the other voices in our head. We've got what our family is going to think, what our friends are going to think. We've got uh, the enemy. Um, for a long time, I wasn't even, I, I dealt with the demonic, but I didn't realize how much the enemy spoke to me. One day, I even had a, some tempting thoughts, and I began immediately to renounce those, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He goes, those weren't your thoughts, and I thought, how could they not be my thoughts? They were in my head. And the Holy Spirit revealed to me that the enemy had implanted those thoughts. He had spoken that to me. And often when I teach on hearing God's voice, I'll say, you can't resist. If someone gives you an idea, you'll get a picture of it. I said, I want you to prepare yourselves. Be an audience. I don't want you to get a picture in your mind of what I say. Is everybody ready? And I'll say something, no matter what it is. And people instantly get an image in their mind. So the enemy is willing to give false visions, right. false dreams. We can hear his voice, and, uh, and, and our own self-will can stand in the way of us hearing God. Sometimes just distractions. We get up every day, and we put the music on, we put the television on, and we don't take time to listen. My wife could be three feet from me talking to me, and my ears function completely well, but I don't hear a word she's saying because I'm paying attention to the sports center or I'm, I, I think she's talking to someone else and I'm not listening. The same with the Holy Spirit. He could be there speaking to us, but our attention is focused somewhere else. And, and because we're not listening, we don't hear what he's saying. Do you think that's probably one of the biggest hindrance? We just flat don't listen or we don't even know how he speaks to we us. We don't even know how. I used to ask God to speak to me. And it would really frustrate me because I'd have all these images in my head. And I was pretty sure, and, and, and it's interesting because this is another survey that I do that's fairly universal. I, I was pretty sure when I did hear God, it would be perfectly silent in my mind. And all of a sudden, a booming James Earl Jones or Morgan Freeman style voice would come rumbling with the clouds and, and the thunder. And, and that, then I would hear God. I didn't realize, because no one said, like God said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? No one ever asked me, Richard, what do you see? Never paid attention to what I saw. I was seeing visions as long as I can remember. And I would have thoughts, and they would be God-type thoughts, but I was pretty sure they were my thoughts because no one ever talked about how the Spirit speaks to our spirit. I heard a word of knowledge. I, I heard the word hearing. I didn't have a clue what to do with it. Yeah. I wasn't even sure it was God. So I had to experiment. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you grow. As you test those things, after a while you go on, I know that I hear God. My, my wife knows that I hear God. My, my children know that I hear God. Um, people close to me, it, it's like... Give, give, me, give me a couple tips on how to hear God. Um, I think early on it's important for you to get quiet because you want to focus your attention. I used to think God could only speak in the silence because that's what I got used to. And I've been in places where the music was so loud you can't hear yourself. And the Spirit of God in a still small whisper was so clear. And I was like, okay, God, you, you broke that paradigm down. So it doesn't have to be quiet, but it helps. When, when you're quiet and you're able to focus your attention. Um, it's also, I think, very important to write down. Yeah, but I'm lazy. I don't want to write it down. I just want to <laughs> relax when I'm... Well, you know, I, I, I receive things, 
And it's so normal to debate. Is this God? Is this me? And I tell people, write down everything that comes to your mind. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Write down everything that comes to your mind. Because it's usually very easy afterwards to discern, this was God. This was my own thoughts. This came from the enemy. And I believe when we ask God to speak to us and we write down what his spirit puts in our spirit and our mind begins to process what hits our spirit, that we're going to find that what we're writing is the words that God speaks to us. But it's, it is important to test those things afterwards. Um, I usually teach people to do this, and, and I was teaching two young Russian girls, totally independent of each other. They were sisters, one away at a boarding school, one living with mom and dad. Both of them had the exact same experience. The first words that they wrote down were, get away from these people, they're going to hurt you. They don't know what they're doing. I said, thank you for writing that down. Is that all you wrote down? And they're like, no. And at first I said, I said, where do you think that came from? They go, oh, that was the demons that talked to me. I said, do you go to a church that talks about demons? And they were like, no. I said, what makes you say they're demons? He goes, I've known I've had demons my whole life. I was like, okay. We, we have 15 seconds. I want you to shout into the camera, freedom. Would you do Freedom that, right? in Jesus' name. Freedom, freedom. in Jesus' name. <laughs> Announcing a revolutionary new interactive Bible and anointed course on how to hear God every day. Call now and get the God Speaks color-coded interactive Bible and Richard Mull's life-changing four-week course, Learn How to Hear God, a journey through the book of Acts, plus this exclusive color-coded God Speaks bookmark, yours for a donation of $79. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9208. From Genesis through the book of Revelation, this powerful Bible highlights every event where God speaks directly, every occurrence of the supernatural, all healings in the Old and New Testaments, every miracle performed. This one-of-a-kind interactive Bible includes an easy-to-understand color code to help you recognize every scripture where God speaks directly to you. God makes His voice heard to others. God speaks through a person. Jesus speaks. Visions and dreams occur. Words are spoken by angels. Miracles and acts of God happen. You will clearly grow in faith and walk every day in the supernatural and be able to discern God's voice and direction for your life. There is no other Bible like this. With its beautiful and durable leather-like cover, it will quickly become your favorite Bible for reading and studying. If you cut out the supernatural from the Bible, you'll just get rid of almost all of your whole Bible. But what if everything supernatural, when God speaks, when there are miracles, when angels show up, everything in the Bible supernatural is color-coded. Included is Richard Mull's powerful and life-changing four-week course, Learn How to Hear God, which is a scriptural journey through the book of Acts. Just as the God Speaks Bible is color-coded, so too is your easy-to-understand study book. It includes questions to guide you through the study, clear understanding of what hinders you from hearing God's voice, powerful teaching on how you can begin to hear God's voice, a place to write your personal notes, exercises to activate each lesson, prayers that evoke response from God. You're going to learn more about hearing God's voice, how to listen, interpret dreams, and how to see visions, all the different facets that are right there in the 
New Testament Christianity. Plus, you will receive this exclusive bookmark that is a constant reminder that you can hear God's voice. It includes the color-coded symbols so you can easily find scriptures and subjects related to the supernatural. I believe it should be the normal Christian life. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and no other voice will they listen to. Don't miss out on getting the God Speaks color-coded interactive Bible and Richard Mull's life-changing four-week course, Learn How to Hear God, a journey through the book of Acts. Plus, this exclusive color-coded God Speaks bookmark, yours for a donation of $79. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9208. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9208 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Next week on It's Supernatural. My guest has been showing how to supernaturally change your DNA. He calls it genetic salvation. Break those curses and you're walking in new DNA.